Democracy. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, as always, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, well, she is the straw that stirs the drink. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing, Sheila? David, I'm doing great. But you know what? Let me ask you how you're doing for once. How are you doing? Because you are producing a lot of great work out of Toronto. Uh, and I feel like maybe you're getting more rest or something. You're looking great. Oh, you're so kind. Today I got up at 3.30 in the morning and I couldn't get back to bed. So I just went behind my uh, desktop. And uh, I think I'm about to hit a wall in um, three minutes. So if I, I have no idea why because I... I I haven't got up at that crazy time since the old menzoid mornings during the uh, the Sun News days. But was, I got... that was my favorite show, by the way. I hope you, they let you keep the set. <laughs> I, I, not even the man cave. In fact, the whole uh, building uh. is now a shell. It's a teardown because there's going to be some obscene 72-story condo going up or some such thing. But, you know, Sheila, off air, <clears throat> I, got, I got to get from you your mailing address because <clears throat> I was thinking of you. When the July-August car and driver dropped in my mailbox, it is their all-electric vehicle issue, including EV of the year. <laughs> We're I'm going to channel Ed McMahon from the old Johnny Carson shows. But we've got uh, electric cars. We've got electric hypercars. We have electric crossovers, electric SUVs, even electric pickup trucks. Sheila Gunn-Reed, I hesitate to say that everything you want to know about electric vehicles is in the July, August car and driver. What do you think about that? Is there anything in that car and driver that a man might drive? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an ad on the back for um, a Kia M a K5. Others so no. walked away from sedans. <laughs> we turbocharged ahead. Maybe you'd like that. I don't know. But um, uh, you're, you're, you've still yeah. got that resentment uh, percolating. <laughs> but you know what? You've got to see the new prototype for the all-electric Ford F-Series truck. I, I think it might convince you. I'm sure it won't. I'm 100% <laughs> sure it won't. I'm hanging on to the internal combustion engine with both hands. They'll pry it from my cold, dead hands, obviously. You, you, you know, this is what going to all those UN climate change summits have done. This is, you know, your interactions with Greta Thunberg. It, it has totally turned you off. And, but like I say, uh, you get the green plate, you get to drive in the HOV lane by yourself. That's my only reason. It shaves so much time off the commute, but uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed, once again, denying the future. Anyhow, what is yeah. it that we're hoping to do here, Sheila? <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you brought up the UN climate change conferences, because the only time they ever canceled that was when there was the potential for like an actual real emergency instead of their fake made up climate emergency like it was <laughs> they canceled it last year because of the coronavirus but they never canceled it um because of the impending doom of the climate catastrophe that they keep telling me is going to happen and how many years do we have left nine something yeah. like that they keep telling us 
Uh, I, I'm it's sure something just, like that. just like COVID, the authorities will keep moving the goalposts, right? In terms of, uh, yeah. you know, how many uh, people need to be vaccinated before we can get back to normal and uh, how many variants are still en route. But I'll tell you, folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, Sheila Gunn-Reed did some absolutely brilliant reporting when she'd go to, over to Europe to cover these climate change summits. And um, they think they're trying to cripple our coverage by denying Sheila the opportunity to go into some conference hall and listen to a bun-throwing snore fest of all these sanctimonious climate hustlers uh, talking about all the gloom and doom to come. And in fact, they did Sheila a, a favor. I mean, I loved the sidebar stories you dug up, Sheila. Like, um, here's something about climate change and there's diesel powered generators everywhere. That's my favorite because I'm, I'm a diesel lady. I love diesel. I've got a Jeep that's diesel. The farm runs on diesel. My husband's in the oil patch. So the, the sound of a diesel generator is the sound of romance for me, right? And so when you go to these things, the hippies don't know that noise. They don't know that gentle white noise hum that warms my heart. But I'm like, what's that? What? That's Diesel singing me a sweet lullaby. And so, like, you go and find the diesel generators that literally power everything at these events. Everything. They don't even plug them into the grid. They don't even pretend to put up a solar panel field. Everything is run by generators, and they put it behind steel fencing so that um, anybody who might know something won't see them. But I know. I followed them. <laughs> And I love them. There's the heaters. Those are kerosene heaters. Oh, look how happy I am. And look, look at that hairdo. What beautiful yeah, I know. I've hair had a lot you had. Of hair. Uh, well, you have. What's wrong with my hair now, David? It's so rude. <laughs> it's a different style. But you know what? It's the See, substance that counts. Every need to be there. That, you know, that reminds me. It, it, what is happening? Justin. I heard some kind of foreign language there, but um, mm -hmm. no, I, I, you know, and it just shows you, Sheila, whenever those in charge, and that'll lead up to one of our stories with Alexa in Montreal getting the runaround, whenever mm -hmm. they try to put the kibosh on us, whenever they try to censor us, well, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And uh, we always bring back the goods. And sometimes they're doing us a favor uh, by uh, keeping us outside. Cause then you come across some real stories that, of course, the mainstream yeah. media will never find because they're all in that sanctimonious lecture, all nodding off as the next climate hustler speaks. But I digress. Sheila, usually around this time, actually before this time, you tell Way the before. folks what it is that we're ostensibly trying to do here. You know, those climate change conferences, that was the first time that I ever worked with Efron, like closely, just he and I. And I worked Efron like a dog. Like a dog. I was dragging him out in the snow. And yeah, it was Oh, that it was, was the one in Poland, right? Yeah. And wasn't yeah, was Efron fun. just wearing these like regular loafers and his, uh, his toes yeah. were getting frostbitten or something? Yeah, he was stepping in. The, I was ready. You can see I'm ready for winter. I, I live in a winter climate eight months of the year so i was good to go efron shows up in like his little street shoes i'm like oh friend it's gonna be a long week <laughs> yeah we, we got a cameraman that might have to go to hospital for frostbite where's this global warming happening again <laughs> that was the best climate change conference ever because poland put it at the coal museum
<laughs> for spite. <laughs> Unbelievable. They opened the event with the coal miners marching band. Like, wow. I just, they weren't even pretending that they were buying into any of this. And I mm. think this year the conference is in Glasgow. And oh. so I, I think I would really like to go to that one. I would too. I, I haven't been to Glasgow since 1976, I think. And uh, basically, you could kind of describe Glasgow back then as um, Buffalo with an accent. <laughs> but I've heard they've really... Sounds like my kind of place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Saskatchewan. That sounds fun. <laughs> but at one point, I, I think about 10 years ago, Glasgow was one of the places in Europe to go to. It was like a hot spot. Uh, they went through a lot of urban renewal, I understand. So uh, yeah, if you're going to Glasgow, I'd, I'd like to come with you, Sheila, and check it out again. I'm sad to find out that it's been somewhat gentrified because I like a good blue collar city. Anyways, yes, I should tell everybody that what we're doing, because again, we just wasted two minutes since the last time you told me I should tell everybody what we're doing. So this is the Rebel News daily live stream. Used to just be on Friday, just hosted by Ezra Levant. Pandemic struck, more news than ever. We're all grounded. Uh, most of you at home were at home with you know nothing to do except watch the mainstream media and we thought oh that that can't go on so <laughs> we gave you an hour every day uh to sit down and talk to us about the news of the day as it changes and before youtube went full censorship instead of just part censorship it used to be a great way for us to um wrangle up a little bit of cash for the company you could support the work that we do through something called a super chat youtube said oh no no uh, you guys are saying things that are counter to um, the accepted COVID narrative or whatever. Um, and so they've completely demonetized us. However, we do have nearly 1.5 million subscribers there. So we're not about to abandon them because some big tech oligarch said we should. We're still streaming on YouTube. But if you are on YouTube, I'll give you the same advice that I give every time that I'm on air. Take an off ramp to a platform that doesn't hate you, like Odyssey, mm. Rumble, and Super U, where we're also streaming. Um, on Super U, that's a great free speech platform. You can do something called a Super U shout, and you can tip us there as a creator if you'd like to support the work that we do. On Rumble, um, you can watch us live there. I think. I'm not I forget Justin maybe you could tell David because I can't hear you uh, I forget if Rumble has a uh, tip function there but I do know that on Odyssey not yet but not it's yet. coming Sheila yep perfect that's what I like about Rumble and some of these other creator or platform creators is that they do listen to feedback from the people who are creating content to put on their sites is um we would like a tip function at Rumble, and so Rumble is going to be working on that. But we're also streaming on Odyssey. Now, Odyssey has a couple different ways for you to support us. You can leave us um, a hyper chat in a couple of different ways. You can um, buy some of Odyssey's library cryptocurrency and donate that to us, or you can uh, donate us some good old-fashioned fiat currency in U.S. dollars at this point. Um, so you don't have to buy their cryptocurrency. Um, if you're like me and you don't understand cryptocurrency, maybe you're more comfortable um, doing the old-fashioned way you can do that, but it's in U.S. dollars, and you can uh, leave us a tip also as a creator on Odyssey. So there's a few different ways for you to support us and stick it in the eye of uh, the censorship platform of YouTube. Yeah, and, you know, <clears throat> it's kind of funny, uh, Sheila, 
What is your theory? Not that I'm complaining, mind you, because it's such a vast audience <laughs> on uh, YouTube, but they demonetized us for absolutely no valid reason. And that's the God's honest truth, folks. I mean, they yeah. they sent the terms and conditions and we went through it with a fine tooth comb. We don't do things like, oh, advocate suicide, uh, which is one thing to get you demonetized. But, you know, we always think that the other you know, shoe is about to drop, that there's, there's some kind of cyber sword of Damocles uh, over our heads, uh, Sheila, in terms of being outright deplatformed. And um, I just wonder I, uh, why they don't go that route. They're so big now, they're so powerful. Uh, they don't have to give any charity to anyone, really, do they? No, I mean, for them, it it's great because they've demonetized us. So they've, yeah. they've done their best to try to cut us off from 1.5 million supporters. But at the same time, if you see an ad in front of our content, because people watch our content still on YouTube, we don't get any of that. That goes directly to YouTube. So they have the best of both worlds. Yeah. They think they're strangling us while they still get to collect the revenue on the work that we do. You know, that's a good point. And <clears throat> once again, I go back, you know, 10, 12, 15 years into the emergence of the likes of a YouTube, Sheila. And remember then how different the world was. Remember how different Silicon Valley was. They were reaching out to everybody, regardless of political affiliation. Come one, come all, give us your content, which we won't pay for, by the way. Uh, share your information, which we will uh, use for our own marketing purposes. Yeah. And this is going to be one jolly, rowdy, wild west of free speech and then they got to a critical mass yep and it was like um you 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 out we don't like your yep. opinions it, it it's the most outrageous bait and switch scandal of the century i think sheila what 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 happened because i don't think if we go back like i said 12 years ago we never saw this happening did we where even the president of the united states would be deplatformed yeah and i think that's the one thing that we that's the reason we were uh, demonetized is a video akin to big tech can censor Donald Trump. They can censor you, too. And so they used that video to censor us. And frankly, I don't think YouTube even foresaw the power that they have now. I think it, what they were 12 years ago versus what they became, I would say, four or five years ago in response to Donald Trump winning the election are two very different things. I think when Donald Trump won, Big Tech realized he used our platforms to communicate directly with the people instead of going through the filtered lens of the mainstream media. And so we have to do something about it. And now because of that, they've just overlaid that same formula onto all conservatives on the platform. I, I totally agree, Sheila. I, I think uh, just prior to Trump getting elected, we had uh, Brexit as a mm -hmm. yes vote. And but, yep. you know, that was the shot across the bow. But that was something across the pond. It, it wasn't, you know, it was too far away to be meaningful. But like you said, when Trump inexplicably, impossibly uh, got into the White House, then they said, uh oh, we got to rejig this. But anyways, uh, speaking of power and censorship, folks, um, why don't we go to a video clip? of our fantastic new journalist in Quebec, Alexa. Uh, she tried to um, scrum Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. You know, the guy back in 2015 that promised this was gonna be the most transparent government in the history of Canada. And well, um, the predictable happened, check it out.
This is further proof that Mr. Justin Trudeau filtered the media that he wants to receive questions. And when I arrived to ask my question, because they actually say yes, we give you uh, the authorization to allow you a question at the end. And you know what? At the end, they closed the microphone in my face. So I was like trying to talk, but it had no sound going out. So I realized that they were lying to me make me wait for my question during the time that they were organized, the fact that they were closing everything for not authorizing me to ask my simple question to Mr. Trudeau. They cut the microphone for not letting me talk. And they agree me that I was able to ask my question. In addition, as you may have noticed, the man who did not want to identify himself and who lied to and manipulate me is in fact Terry Gillen, who is the PMO staffer Justin Trudeau Media Liaison and former head of the Parliament Press, who had body checked. 
Keane in a hockey ring during he was covering the Prime Minister's speech with the indigenous Prime leader Minister, in Saskatchewan. I trust you, given that you kicked the only indigenous woman out of cabinet who's ever stood up to you. Mr. Trudeau does not wish to Prime be Minister, confronted with you? the real questioning and he formed team around him in order to filter the media. Can anyone here trust you? How can anyone here trust you? Again, I got to tell you, the last time I saw Terry, it was just before the world went to hell in a handbasket with COVID. It was February 2020. It was at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. There were some liberals there to make some pompous speech on something. I went down to there to cover it. And he was actually very nice to me. Uh, which is not to say that he allowed me to ask a question. No. I mean, he was he was cordial. He didn't bump, uh, body check me like he had received in that. Uh, I think that was in Saskatchewan, wasn't it? A yeah. hockey rink. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, the, I this is a um, I think this is a dual-edged sword uh, Terry is playing with because if he's going to be outright lying, then we should never listen to him acquiesce to any demand, acquiesce yeah. to any courtesy ever again, because it's all so much steaming BS. And uh, I mean, what harm would it have been for Alexa to get two questions in to the prime minister? But um, like I said, Sheila, when it comes to uh, the most transparent uh, government in Canadian history, it's actually the precise opposite, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Terry exactly who Alexa was, knew exactly who Yankee is. That's his job to know who we are and stop us from asking questions. That's exactly his job to facilitate the puffball questions from the CBC and make sure that no prickly journalists are there to ask Trudeau a tough question that he can't um, obfuscate by batting his eyelashes and showing his socks. And, you know, for a, a government that fancies itself as feminist, um, it's, I don't know how feminist it really is to cut the mic on an independent female journalist out there just trying to do her job and ask accountability questions. This is not a crazy person. She asks good, tough questions people want answers to. And wouldn't it be great if the rest of the mainstream media did that? She was trying and they decided, no, cut the mic. They lied to her to buy her silence, to placate her. And then they cut the mic on her. It's sleazy. And if it happened to the CBC, CBC would be losing their minds. Oh, for sure. But, you know, Sheila, talk about um, a tale of two leaders. I look back at Donald Trump when he was the president, and he would have pressers that would go on for more than an hour. And he yep. wouldn't cherry pick you know, um, friendly journalists, he would go out of his way to like the likes of a Jim Acosta of CNN yep. and they'd get into this brouhaha. I think Trump liked it. To be honest, I think Jim Acosta liked it. Suddenly he became a household name. But the point is, um, there was a vigorous discussion, debate, uh, Q&A, and it wasn't sanitized for your protection. And it was, at the end of the day, so entertaining. But this prime minister we have sheila i think he is so fragile that he yeah. is so intellectually thin he can't handle that kind of back and forth hostile questioning yeah that's a one way that's one good way of putting like he's a delicate idiot who's in way <laughs> over his head and it, like 
they're so scared of one tough question that they will body check a journalist and lie to another. That That's how delicate of an idiot Justin Trudeau is. Unbelievable. Well, anyways, uh, Alexa and Yankee, uh, they did try their best. and um, But you know what? How Bush League was that? Yeah. C- cutting the microphone. You know, it, it, it reminds me, <clears throat> I think it was around 1980, Nash the Slash, a local Toronto musician, opening for The Who at Exhibition Stadium. So there's about 80,000 people. And this is the biggest audience Nash the Slash will have or will ever have. And instead of uh, coming off when he was supposed to, he's giving encores. <laughs> And then the inevitable happened. The promoter just pulled the plug and you see Nash the Slash singing, but nobody's hearing anything. So uh, I guess that's, well, because <laughs> you never want to upstage the uh, the main headliner at a rock concert. Uh, so I, I guess that could be the new nickname for Terry, eh? Uh, we'll, we'll appropriate Nash the Slash because he's slashing cables in order to prevent uh, our precious prime minister, his delicate ears from hearing a single prickly uh, question from a rebel reporter. How pathetic. Well, and people should really watch the full version of that video as opposed to just the snippet we gave here because Alexa was having none of it. Yankee was having none of it. And the boss, Ezra Levant, was in beast mode in the last 30 seconds or so of that video. So um, you get to see a lot of um, rebels exactly the way you expect them to be. And that is doing their best to speak truth to power and not allowing themselves to be bossed around by these uh, gatekeepers for Justin Trudeau. And what's sad, correct me if I'm wrong, Sheila, didn't Terry himself used to be a journalist? Yeah, he was the head of the Parliamentary Press Gallery, from yeah. what I understand. So, um, but again, like you, you and I both know, especially in your dealings with the Parliamentary Press Gallery, you want to talk about gatekeepers. Um, oh. They control all the access to the prime minister. And um, it's a good gig if you can get it because you get to protect your access to the prime minister, which means you have exclusive uh, content that nobody else has, which is um, a great way to shut out your competitors. And that's not the way it should be. They're running a monopoly down there at the parliamentary press gallery. And I'm old enough to remember when we used to be against monopolies, especially in news media. Yeah. Oh, I I remember uh, commissions looking into when one paper or one company would buy another paper and and shut down competition in a certain market uh, that would never be allowed. Now now they just uh, go up to the public trough like so many uh, hogs at dinner time and just dine out and... uh, well, I guess what what men will do for money, eh, Sheila? Um, you know, it. Uh, I guess he's got a good gig, and he's going to shut down journalism. Whereas before, he used to be part of the journalistic fabric. It's kind of sad in a way, but uh, we shall move on. Um, and I guess we know what to expect <laughs> when the election comes up. And before we move on to um, a conspiracy story debunked, how does that grab your attention, folks? I believe we have some chats, don't we, Sheila? We do. And I just uh, I wanted to ask uh, the people listening at home. um, It was one of the things that our web editor suggested we ask. uh, What's the audio situation like for the people listening? I know sometimes Ezra's really loud and then sometimes he's really quiet. 
And then naturally, I know that I'm really shrill. But if you wouldn't mind leaving a comment <laughs> in the uh, in the live chat, wherever you're watching us, just let us know how that is. Um, because, you know, we, we've had some audio issues lately and equipment issues lately, which I think is a great segue, actually, David, yes. into ournewstudio.com. <clears throat> Um, and we, uh, I don't know if people at home were watching last week, we were having some issues with our TriCaster. It has given up the fight. It's had a good life, uh, worked really hard for us, but our TriCaster just, while we were on air, gave up. And so we needed to run out and replace it, and we have. Um, and uh, Justin, maybe you might want to even run the video um, that the guys filmed to explain um, what we're asking for. Um, we're just asking for some actually, uh, quite frankly, minor equipment upgrades, given the size and scope of the work that we do here at Rebel News. And it, you'll notice in the video with the guys there, Efron and Mocha, um, just how frugal we are. Um, you can see that we're using a banquet table, like as, <laughs> Ezra Levant's <laughs> it's true. nightly Ezra Levant show. <laughs> is hosted at a banquet table with just some chairs behind it and everything else we do using the TriCaster um, to save money because then we don't have a physical studio. So um, anyway, we're we're trying to crowdfund our way to some new equipment, some new computers, the new TriCaster, um, just to increase our efficiency for our editors and also our web team. Um, I think that's reasonable, especially since we are on the internet. That our, our web team is is able to post things effectively and efficiently on the internet. So, uh, Justin, if you wouldn't mind uh, rolling that video, if you could. Hey guys, had a video for Rebel News here, Efron Monsanto, along with Chief Videographer Mocha Bezirian. We're here to tell you that we need your help once again. Our TriCaster is no longer working. It's been working for the last six years but it's not working any longer. If you were watching our live streams, you must have noticed that we were running into issues during live stream. And this TriCaster has been in the company before I even joined as an intern back in 2017. This actually filmed the election night coverage that Ezra had in 2015. This has a lot of history. This has been through a lot of iconic rebel moments. Uh, remember the time that David was arrested in Brampton for bringing you to the other side and uh, we had to go live immediately? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special emergency live stream. I have some terrible news to report. My friend and colleague, David Menzies, beloved by many um, public interest journalists, was just arrested. And also remember when you were holding the phone to, the, to your face instead of recording the action? Arrest them or go away. Okay, let's <laughs> My colleagues, you're not listening. Yeah, a lot of history in this TriCaster, all these live streams. This actually films Ezra Levant's nightly show every weekday, Andrew's weekly show, and even David's show every week. This plays an integral part of the company. We're looking to upgrade our equipment to help bring you a better side of the story that you'll never see anywhere else. This includes getting a new TriCaster. This will be the TriCaster Elite 2. This will help us increase our production value for live streaming. We can stream up to eight different guests at the same time. We can have online debates across the nation, just like we've done before. You've seen Catherine's coverage throughout the pandemic all throughout Ontario. You've seen Sydney's coverage when we sent them over to Manitoba to show you the other side of Fight the Fines for some of the egregious lockdown arrests there. 
you've seen Pastor Tim Stevens arrested in front of his family, recorded by our team who were there at a moment's notice. No hesitation. We want to give you the other side. If you can provide us once again with the proper equipments, we can continue to do that. Yeah, unlike the corporate press, we don't get a tax bailout to a tune of nearly $600 million every year. We would never do that. We would never trade our integrity for views or for any other things. You want to keep bringing you the other side of the story and we want to be truthful to you, the Rebel viewer who continuously watches us. We're looking just for modest equipment. The laptops are around $2,500 all in. They're simply high performance laptops to do field reporting. When Mocha's out in the field across the nation, he wants to be able to finish the report that same night. And we're also looking to get desktop computers for office workers to help increase their production efficiency as well. These computers are pretty modest, they're not high-end, they're simply just work computers to get them done. You can see the specifications we asked for. They're going to cost a couple thousand each, but these will last several years at the bare minimum. Then we're also looking for a new TriCaster, the Elite Edition. It's going to cost us $40,000, and I know that sounds like a lot, but it's going to last quite a long time. You've seen the troubles we've had with the live stream and some other stuff, and we want to make sure our production quality is top-notch. You know we will never take government money like the CBC and our competitors do. You forcibly have to pay for the CBC through your tax dollars, and you have no say in that. You have a say to whether or not you want to help us and help bring you these stories that no one else will. Thanks to you, the Rebel viewer, you make this possible. Head over to ournewstudio.com and chip in if you can. Thanks again for watching. It's much appreciated. If you chip in for this, we're going to appreciate and we're going to produce high quality content. If you don't, you're not going to go to jail. We're not going to send armed men after you. We're not going to take any legal action against you, <laughs> unlike other media that are connected to the government. We're not going to print any money to devalue your currency in your pocket. Okay, we're just, this is completely kosher, completely halal, completely voluntary, completely legal, completely okay. <laughs> I love that oh, uh, promo, You can tell um, Mocha grew up in Turkey, right? <laughs> the idea of police coming yeah. after you if you don't make a donation. <laughs> I, we're not there yet. But then again, yeah. we don't have to be there. Uh, the mainstream media and the CBC just gets a direct deduction off every Canadian's paycheck every two weeks. Yeah. And uh, uh, we don't need to send in the uh, the goon squad. But uh, wow, 40000 um, for something that looks like a top-loading VCR, but of course does so, so much more. And um, it is worth every penny, Sheila, because like you said, the alternative, well, one thing would be uh, to build actual studios, which would cost yeah. uh, so much more. And that, that's how we look after the, uh, the nickels and dimes, folks. Uh, as Sheila said, I'm sitting in front of, it's just one of these fold-up banquet uh, tables, you know, the kind you see in <laughs> professional wrestling when yeah. <laughs> you have to shove somebody through a table. That's yeah. not that I want anyone here to shove me through this table, but that's, that's, the, uh, that's the furniture here. So it's all on a shoestring because uh, we, we respect our viewers' money, don't we, Sheila? You know, I was thinking about the amount of money that we're asking for just equipment and studio upgrades. And I thought, you know what, that's probably um, a CBC, one talent at CBC, their wardrobe and makeup budget. Oh, easy. For sure. And we're running the entire company on that because we refuse to take a bailout. So I'm actually pretty proud of the way we do things around here. A hundred percent. So uh, so there you go, folks. If you can indeed help us out. Uh, that would be terrific. And uh, Sheila, I believe we might already have some chats. 
We do. And again, uh, the page to donate for the studio upgrades is ournewstudio.com. Gotcha. Great. So we've got a hyper chat from. Hold on. <laughs> We've got a hyper chat from History Club World. What do you think about the Green Party's implosion? It seems like the reason behind their lawsuit against their leader is either being anti-Jew or Israel, or they were such a cult of personality around Elizabeth May um, being insane. Yeah. <laughs> Follow History Club World on Instagram, your hub for educational content. I know David has done some deep digging into the problems with the Green Party. But let us never forget that the Green Party allowed an actual Nazi who is in jail right now in Germany to run for the party several times, several times. They had people in their leadership or at least running for their leadership that were part of these like flotillas Mm -hmm. in um, in Israel, these anti-Israel flotillas of invading Westerners to go over there and tell Israel's that is Israelis that you're not um, allowing yourselves to be killed quite easily enough. So, um, you know, never forget that this is a, a really, uh, I hate to use the word systemic, but it seems to be a bit of a systemic problem within the Green Party. It's one of those things that defines them. It, it sure does. And, you know, um, I think, Sheila, the Green Party is disgracing itself. And by that, I don't mean the leader, uh, Annamie Paul. I think she's coming out of this um, smelling like a rose. I think at the end of the day, um, for her taking a nuanced, balanced approach to the Mideast conflict instead of vilifying Israel and calling for a BDS movement, oh, then there would be no problem with her leadership, folks. No problem Mm -hmm. at all. But the fact that she's pro-Israel, um, no, that rubs too many greens the wrong way, including one um, that l- crossed the floor to the liberals, if you can imagine, where, of course, she was accepted with open arms uh, by Justin Trudeau. No surprise there. But I'm going to have a yeah. monologue on that. I'll be guest hosting for Ezra Levent, uh, and I will uh, lay out my thoughts uh, on that. And I think I shared them with you earlier today, yes. uh, Sheila. But um, I'll, I'll tell you, if... If I was enemy Paul, uh, I would just walk away from this dumpster fire. I really think this is dis- this is a disgrace, and I, I think, and, and I'm not taking any kind of partisan approach here. I think Canadians from coast to coast are watching this, and uh, they're being revolted by it. And by the way, for the Green Party, you know, the insiders, the executives, and, and Elizabeth May, who I understand seems to be still connected, even though she's not the leader, but might be involved in the, uh, you know, pulling the strings. Um, Really, you're you're the Green Party. Ostensibly, you're all about environmentalism. And uh, that's not my cup of tea. I mean, of course, I want a good environment, but I don't want to endorse the kind of crazy economic crippling policies the Green Party uh, support. But somehow... Mideast tensions is even eclipsing that? I mean, yeah. are you kidding? It, 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 it is terrible. It's, it's terrible to see this, uh, Sheila. And uh, um, like I said, if uh, it, it's a story that's, that's changing almost uh, every day. And I wouldn't be surprised if Miss Paul says, you know, enough with, with this. I don't need this. And she'll be walking away 
from a party that has disgraced itself. Yeah, you know, the the left, I think it's no it's no secret that the left generally defines themselves by identity politics. Yep. And Ms. Paul um, checks a lot of identity boxes. Oh, yeah. I mean, she sounds like a pretty capable lady um, as far as being in the Green Party goes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so I don't know how low the, or high the bar is set there, but she seems like she's got her wits about her. Her and I would likely disagree on 99% of all things, except yep. probably Israel. Um, and I think even she would probably take a more nuanced approach to Israel than I would. Um, but she does check a lot of identity boxes being, you know, a woman of color. Yes. And yet, for the left, the one thing that defines them even more than identity politics these days is their visceral hate for the state of Israel. And usually these sorts of things are sort of relegated to the fringe of the NDP. The NDP, um, I think it was at their last major policy convention before the pandemic, It they had uh, like a civil war within the party breaking out on CPAC uh, live over um, motions against Israel. And it wasn't that people were... Um, arguing that they shouldn't be bringing these um, official stances regarding BDS forward. They, the people in the party were arguing that these positions did not go far enough. They were arguing over how to hate the state of Israel even more than they normally do. And so uh, it's usually this is something that just sort of percolates under the surface in the Green Party. Um, and it's just it's just there. But it's really something else to see it right out, out front. And, uh, you know, normal Canadians are revolted by this. But I don't think the mainstream media is at all. I think this is just perfectly fine with them. You know, that's a good point uh, you raise, Sheila. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the camp of the uh, mutineers that are trying to oust uh, Miss Paul. But like you said, I mean, it shouldn't account for anything. But in the identity politics poker game, uh, she's on her way to a royal flush, you know, a black female. And then you get into, uh-oh, uh, she's Jewish. And, uh-oh, she is not anti-Israel. Basically, what I'm saying, Sheila, is that if she was atheist and an Israel hater, there is no questioning about her leadership in the Green Party right now. Zero. Right. And again, this is the Green Party. They're supposed to believe that the existential crisis to the world is climate change and yeah. my comfortable SUV, not Israel. But this defines them. Anime Paul can be the strongest proponent for whatever climate catastrophe measures that the Green Party thinks need to be taken to yep. stop the impending gloom and doom nine years from now. She can have all those policy positions perfect, according to the Green Party and the Green Party higher ups. Her problem is that while apparently she wants the earth to escape some sort of catastrophe, she wants also the state of Israel to escape some sort of catastrophe also, and that's just not quite good enough for the Green Party. How sad. Very sad. Um, let's keep going. We've got a hyper chat from Canadian Aussie. This is a five libraries. Thank you very much. Anyone who supports Trudeau uh, really has been riding the crazy train. 
Uh, we've got a hyper chat from Rebecca Henderson studying social work and now being told that child sexual abuse is on the same level as misgendering a child. Sickening. And that uh, CAS has the authority to investigate that. Yeah, that's true. We've seen that happen. Um, Dre has been very um, intrepid in covering um, just how um, parents struggling with um, children who are in turn struggling with um, their gender identity, how the government intervenes and overrides the parents' wishes when frequently, like very, very frequently, statistically speaking, these issues that children experience resolve without any sort of medical or psychological intervention at all. Um, but there's this move by government to medically intervene in irreversible ways and override the parents' wishes. You know, Sheila, I'm just staggered at how we continue to acquiesce and bend the knee to radical transgender activists that are behind this. Uh, we talked about this on uh, Tuesday. Uh, I went to the park um, where there was a woman uh, who has been um, charged with a sexual assault of a six-year-old boy. And the moment I heard this story, Sheila, I heard, I, and I, at first it was on radio, Ruby Ebby, a, a mature female, sexually molesting, allegedly, a six-year-old boy in a park. And I thought, gee, it's almost a, a man-bites-dog story, isn't it? I mean, the, the vast majority of, uh, you know, pedophiles uh, are male when it comes to uh, young boys. And yeah. then I got the photo of Miss Abby. There you go, folks. Look at that. That's a chick, if you can believe it. And when I reached out to the Toronto Police Service, and I'm not blaming the Toronto Police, this is their political overlords that are forcing them to acquiesce to this. Um, basically, if someone says that they're a woman, we respect that decision, no questions asked. Um, gee, Sheila, I think if I ever get arrested again, I'm gonna identify as being innocent. Uh, can I just go now? This is a disgrace. And, and you know, I, and I think, even, um, and I'm not lumping all transgendered people into the same basket here. I, you know, look, if you want to, you know, go about your Live life. Live your life. Yeah. Live your life. I don't you know, care. A hundred percent. But when you see, this is gaming the system and the end goal that will be achieved if this person is found guilty, Sheila, and it's thanks to Justin Trudeau who got the ball mm -hmm. rolling four years ago to change the rules. He will be serving his time at a female correctional facility. How do you like them apples? And again, where oh where is the feminist movement on this? They're almost silent. In fact, I've come across feminists and they, when you try to have a discussion, you can't have it with them, Sheila. They chant in your face, trans women are real women, trans women are real women. No, they're not. What? bothers me about all of this is as a parent uh you're being told to look out for this molesting woman yep. and so in my mind and i think in most people's minds you're then on the lookout for a woman yeah and and this actually is not and so you've got parents on high alert for a molesting woman at the park but it this that 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 person that genetic male was actually who they should have been on the lookout for. 
Um, I, I, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. And um, Linda Blade and I had an interesting conversation about this on my gun show this week. Um, Linda Blade, she's the co-author of the book, Unsporting. Yeah. Um, and uh, she talks about this sort of science denial where you have uh, genetic men ending up in um, prisons with women and stealing opportunities from women and girls. And again, the feminists are silent. Uh, they should be speaking up just on the very uh, fact that this skews right upward, <laughs> you know, um, that the, uh, you know, like where women are now being counted as sex offenders and predators, largely that's not the way in which women offend, that's just scientifically speaking, statistically speaking. And yet now those rates are being skewed upwards because men like this are self-identifying as women. You know, it's incredible, Sheila, isn't it? Be it COVID or climate change, the left is so quick to label uh, skeptics as, um, you know, embracing science denial. But when it comes to science denial pertaining to gender, oh, no, 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 no. that's okay. We will deny the science there because we now um, worship the altar of political correctness. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, we should keep going because we have yes. about 10 minutes left in the show. We wanted to talk about your um, interesting story of how you debunked a conspiracy theory, um, which, I mean, I understand why people believe these conspiracy theories. I've been to UN events. I know exactly. <laughs> I don't need convincing that the UN is sinister and wants to do sinister things to us. Um, but uh, there are just so many ways that they're actually doing it that we don't need to invent ways for them to do it. Um, so let's get to a few of these. Um, uh, we've got a hybrid chat of 15 libraries from Rebecca. Also, happy belated birthday, Sheila. I love your work. Well, thank you very much. That's very nice. Um, we've got a rumble from Cross Comics. Uh, he said the sound is great here. Well, I'm glad. Thank you very much. Super You Shout from, I think... This is my friend Vince V. Byfield just switched from YouTube to Super U for this live stream. The Super U oh. audio is so much better. Well, that wow. is very interesting Great. if that is indeed you, Vince. Uh, we've got a hyper chat from History Club World. I can hear Sheila and David perfectly. Ezra, you can also hear perfectly. I know some people are so kind of annoyed sometimes because you can hear Ezra's like swallowing and mouth noises. Um, <laughs> and I know how that can make people mad. It, when Ezra does it, I don't get mad. But sometimes when other people do it, I just I get a little murderous. But uh, it's it's not bad. Um, we've got a rumble chat from John Entwistle. These two beautiful people need a raise, Ezra. Mm. I endorse that comment. <laughs> I just want a new TriCaster for Justin. Um, <laughs> we've got a hyperchat of $1. So hyperchat with um, other money from not Atan. Is this Atan? Is this Atan? <laughs> I think um, it is. <laughs> did you know you can now donate in dollars on Odyssey? Another great way to support Rebel News is to shop our store at rebelnewsstore.com. A10, it's on my list of things to talk about. I wrote it down. So maybe, uh, Justin, you could throw to the store. And then after, oh, look at that. Rebelize the dogma. That's fun. Oh, save the pastors. That's one of my favorites because uh, it's not just about pastor art, but it is um, about all the pastors who stood up to the lockdown um, who were 
attempted to be squashed by the state. But as it turns out, their churches are growing. Actually, I was at Grace Life uh, two Sundays ago with Ezra, who incidentally is Jewish, but likes Grace Life. Um, They are outgrowing their their building. They have so many people who want to come. They have like 100, 150 people in tents outside. And they're looking at another location because they are their congregation has grown so much through the oppression of the state that they need to go somewhere else. Well, Sheila, like they say, success is the best revenge. Yep. Oh, this one, uh, our T-shirt guy designed specifically because, as I said it, he says 1984 was not an instruction manual, <laughs> which is pretty great. And uh, there's what? Sorry, go back up. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, the, uh, there's one more David Menzies from a movie that he probably watched when it was first in the theaters, uh, back to the future, uh, <laughs> Marty, whatever's happens, don't go to 2020. Yeah. That isn't that the truth. Oh, jeez. Woka cola. That's a new one. The Woka cola is a new one as a hat tip to all the, um, Big corporations who decided to go woke and then go broke. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, anyways, we've got a bunch of new stuff over in the store. Changing. It's changing all the time. And um, you can check it out. If you have not yet used your coupon code, you can use Menzies10, um, and that'll get you 10% off now. I should tell you, you can only use that coupon code once, so make it worth your while. Um, and I know you've obviously already used the coupon code Sheila10 because um, <laughs> I racked up a real victory before Christmas uh, selling T-shirts in the store. So I know you've already used Sheila10, so please use Menzies10 to uh, take advantage of your 10% discount in uh, rebelnewsstore.com. And an added bonus, as I've said a few weeks ago, the first person I see with the Menzoid t-shirt on, you're getting a crisp $100 bill uh, just to, I guess, demonstrate my sincere thanks to you actually wearing a t-shirt with this image on it, my goodness. So uh, I'm still waiting, you know, so uh, first one. And of course, the usual exclusions apply. Family, coworkers, <laughs> and friends. I want the first, the first stranger I see wearing that, that shirt, I promise you're gonna get that dough. And it's still an active offer. What do you think about that, Sheila Gunn-Reed? Very generous. Very, very generous. Uh, there's one thing that Justin uh, wanted us to talk about, too, and it is uh, the careers postings that we have. Did oh, you know yes. that we are, unlike the mainstream media, we're hiring um, because uh, we're working really hard and there are things that we want to do here at Rebel News. So the one that I'm really excited about um, and it's especially relevant here in Alberta as we are fully open. Um, we're looking to do more events. Remember our fun Rebel Lives? Those were so fun. Oh, yeah. I love getting together with the rest of the team, but also the people. And we need an events coordinator to make those happen for us. So starting in Alberta, but rolling out across the country. Um, we People like to come meet us and talk to us, which is definitely not um, the experience if you work at the CBC. Look at all those jobs. Uh, that sounds really impressive. Director of development. Sheila, do, do you think uh, do you think I'm executive material? <laughs> Mr. Producer I, just barked no in my ear. 
Well, you do meet the requirement of being a people person. <laughs> I think that is 100% true. Um, uh, we have a campaigns manager job. Um, so that's kind of a fun job, too, because uh, our unlike, again, the mainstream media, we do run campaigns where people have the opportunity to send a message to politicians. And we'll do that in the form of billboards or petitions or um this super fun billboard truck. And we need somebody who can help us put those things together and make those happen. Um, and so, uh, yeah, unlike the mainstream media, we've got a bunch of jobs that we're hiring for right now. They're behind the scenes jobs, but they're definitely important things to, uh, to help grow our company and, uh, and reach out to the people. Although we do have an uh, hiring positions for uh, the China Affairs reporter, an Ottawa-based reporter, and a UK-based reporter. We do have a very strong UK following, and um, we want to make sure that we are taking care of those people. There's so much news happening in the UK with regard to the coronavirus and their politics there, but we just just can't get to it. There's only so many of us, so we need a person there. And I, I really like the idea of an Ottawa based reporter those gatekeepers in the press gallery are not going to know what hit them indeed you think uh, Sheila with the Ottawa based reporter uh, Rosemary Barton might be dusting off her resume and sending it in. <laughs> yeah no I don't know she's gonna the only place for her to work at is the CBC we're making googly eyes at the prime minister's perfectly acceptable it's i think actually a requirement of the job yeah we want somebody that can actually ask a prickly question and not the uh, googly eyes as you uh, call it sheila and are we caught up with the uh, chat so far my friend oh we have a couple more oh, okay. but maybe we'll, let's go with the uh, un truck story first though because we got a little pushback yesterday from uh, a lot of you and i completely understand it we not yesterday, I guess it would be Tuesday. We didn't actually get to the story that was in the title of the video. Mm. And then um, after the fact, we adjusted that. But we want to make sure that you get what you came here for, even if it is at the very end of the show. So maybe let's uh, go to that one first, and then we'll come back and finish the chats. Yeah, and what it is, folks, is on Sunday, social media blew up. It was people saying, oh, my goodness, there are United Nations armored personnel carriers outside uh, an Apotex pharmaceutical plant. And uh, wow, did the um, theories go into overdrive. So we did what we thought we had to do, reach out to Apotex, go to the, the building where the armored cars are, and here's what we found out. David Menzies for Rebel News here in North Toronto. Well, folks, we have been getting tons of emails, phone calls, you name it, about this particular building here. Uh, as you can see, there are no fewer than seven armored personnel carriers, some of them bearing the decal UN for United Nations, of course. And uh, evidently this is or was a Apotex pharmaceutical uh, building. So there was incredible speculation online in terms of what is this? Why in Toronto, Canada, are there these UN trucks lined up outside a pharmaceutical building? But when you dig into the story, um, well, sometimes uh, appearances can indeed be deceiving. That's right, yes. Okay, do you have any questions? I'll have to answer them. Oh, thank you. What's your name, sir? My name's Adam. Adam, nice, nice to meet you, Adam. How are you? I'm David Menzies. This is Kian. I'm with Rebel News. And 
We are just getting deluge <laughs> with all kinds of emails, as you can imagine, Adam, 100%. about these uh, UN armored trucks. Can you tell us what the story is? We're an armored vehicle manufacturer. We manufacture armored vehicles. That's pretty much it. Oh, okay then. And that's Inclus, right? We're Inclus, yes. Okay then. And you um, are, are these trucks destined for a client or? Uh, yeah. Okay then. Yeah. And you don't have to tell me the client, but it, you know, a lot of people have been speculating that because it says UN, United Nations, and they were making the um, connection, which isn't true, that this is um, Apotex Pharmacy. It was, I believe the building was sold two years ago. Is that correct? 100%. Yeah. Okay then. So these um, UN trucks are just being repurposed for another client? Is that what it is? or? No. Uh, I, I... No, I can't say where they're going or who they're going to, but they're not staying in Canada. This whole speculation of the fact that these vehicles were for United Nations here in Canada is completely wrong, and it's, you know what, it's not correct, and it caused a lot of distress in our company. Okay. A lot of people have been coming and unfortunately have been saying the wrong things, especially online, and uh, it's unsafe for my employees, and it's unsafe for the people around us, for our neighbors, and... We just don't want this type of negative publicity. Right. You know, I, I have no reason not to believe you. Believe me. Um, I, I just, I guess people sometimes see two things. They, you know, they see a truck, an armored vehicle with UN on it, a building that used to be a pharmaceutical company, and they jump to a conclusion that they think is obvious. But it turns out uh, sometimes uh, there's more to the story than meets the eye, I guess. 100%. Okay, yeah. then. How's business in the armored car business, then? How is it? Uh, we're working, thankfully. Our employees have uh, work to do, which is great. You know, okay. we're giving Canadians jobs. We're happy about that. We're not happy about the situation that's going on, though. Well, you know, I'm really appreciating, Adam, that you're clarifying it. Where were these trucks, by the way? They look like very heavy-duty armored vehicles, like for a war zone. Again, as I've said, we manufacture them here in Toronto. Oh, okay, then. So these are brand new right now? They're brand new. Oh, okay, then. Uh, can we go for a spin in one or? Absolutely not. Yeah, not, not. You know, uh, Sheila, I got to tell you, um, there's an old saying and it goes like this, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, you know what? Guess what? Uh, sometimes where there's smoke, just a whole bunch more other smoke, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not. Nest and this was people um, looking at trucks with the UN decal on it a building that is no longer, I think for almost three years, um, uh, Apotex uh, Pharmaceutical, um, they have been out of that building. And they drew this obvious conclusion, at least in their minds that, oh, what is this? Is this gonna be armored personnel vehicles patrolling Toronto and Shanghaiing unvaccinated Canadians uh, to, to get the, uh, the jab and make sure they're, they're vaccinated? And uh, that's clearly not the story. In fact, the story, Sheila, to me, this is a good news story. The fact that there's mm -hmm. still manufacturing left in Toronto, despite government red tape, despite the COVID crisis, you name it. I think that's fantastic that this business, Incus, is making these um, wonderful armored vehicles and make a whole other uh, raft of uh, vehicles as well, you know, armored stretch limos, armored BMWs and Mercedes sedans, so on and so forth. So basically, um, that is the story. And, and think about it, I, I, to those who are still clinging to the belief that there's a conspiracy afoot here, that, that inventory of vehicles, Sheila, those seven armored personnel carriers, you're looking at millions of dollars for sure. Yeah. If 
the UN is going to be springing some kind of um, crazy plan on, Can on Canadians using uh, millions of dollars worth of armored vehicles, but they didn't get, want that word to get out. Don't you think they could have bought a few tarps from Canadian Tire to cover up the vehicles? I mean, they're, they're in plain view because, you know, there is, you know, no nefarious thing going on here. And, and by that, I'm not saying I'm a supporter of the United Nations. Uh, absolutely not. But um, even right now, Sheila, I'm getting in my e email box, you uh, and trucks in Toronto, um, five exclamation marks. By the way, folks, one exclamation mark is always enough. <laughs> Don't even do two. <laughs> okay. From the guy who sends me five B emojis <laughs> instead of just one. Um, you know, that's the thing. That's what actual journalism is, right? Is that, you know, you and I come from a position where we think, uh, the UN is sinister sometimes and useless other times. Um, and so, you know, we have a natural inclination to think that they could be up to something, but you have to follow the facts wherever they lead you. Yeah. And while I, you know, it, while I honestly wouldn't be surprised to find out that the UN was doing things on Canadian soil, like what Justin Trudeau is really great at giving away Canadian sovereignty to globalist elites. I mean, that's sort of the whole reason for his existence. But we have to follow the facts wherever they take us. And they took us to a place of Canadian job creation, Canadian manufacturing, um, which is, as you say, a good news story. And so, you know, I think this is just a testament to um, well, I definitely have my own biases. I, I, I admit them. I, I don't hide them. But the facts are the facts. And yeah. in this case, the facts were were something much different than what we were being tipped off to. Yeah. And there's always that fringe, Sheila, that even when you supply the facts, they still don't believe. And in a way, I get it. I mean, just how incredible would this be, Sheila? The UN in Toronto has got an invasion fleet ready to go out and uh, double jab Canadians with the COVID-19 vaccine. I mean, it's an incredible story. It's the story of the year, the story of the decade, perhaps. Except for one thing, it's not true. <laughs> and yeah. if you don't believe me, folks, and if you think I'm lying, all I can say is uh, we'll just have to reach out to uh, Her Royal Highness Queen Ramona. <laughs> And then get your information from there. <laughs> you know what, though? Hunker down for another round of emails, because when these things get put on a train and then shipped <laughs> east <laughs> to get in on a boat to go to wherever they're going, um, we're going to get another blast of emails. And again, I, I, I'm not making fun of the people who send us this information no. No. because... I think they send it to us in good faith that they know that we are going to investigate it and we're going to get to the bottom of it, which we did. And I, like many of these people, also think the UN is a sinister, horrible uh, organization full of anti-Semites and terrorists and uh, terrorist enablers. And so naturally, I, I, I tend to believe the worst in the United Nations, but unfortunately 
fortunately or rather fortunately, I would say um, that's not the case this time. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm very proud of your work there, David. Well, thank you so much, Sheila. And, and like yourself, I'm not making fun of the tipsters uh, that on face value originally saw this. Uh, they saw a building they thought was a pharmaceutical plant. It's not. They, they saw UN trucks. Uh, some of them are destined for the UN, but um, not in Canada. It, they're clearly for um, you know, bad neighborhoods, militarized zones, if you look at the amount of uh, armor on it. Uh, my uh, frustration would be to those after you report the truth, yeah. which is, like I said, a good news story, a, a Toronto manufacturing company uh, doing really good business, and they still say, oh, no, no, it's, uh, the, you know, there, there's a scandal here, there's a conspiracy here. Uh, I've got nothing left. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's just some people that you doesn't matter the facts. You can't reach them, but at least you tried. Right. Yeah. I see somebody in the chat saying, but you're a journalist, so you shouldn't have any bias. I, I disagree with that. The difference between me and the CBC is that I will admit my bias and I, I come at things from a conservative viewpoint. I I'm completely upfront about that. CBC comes from a liberal viewpoint, a yep. Trudeau gatekeeping viewpoint, and uh, they just refuse to be honest about it. That's the thing. I don't I don't mind the bias. It's the dishonesty I don't like. Yeah. And I think we have a couple more okay. chats and then and then uh, I think we're done. Uh, we've got a hyper chat of 25 bucks. Thank you very much from the J vlog. He says drop the Telecaster. I think he means TriCaster. It isn't needed. Try a month without it. Save the money for cameras, et cetera. Um, I, I, I think you're referring to some of the other like broadcast software out there. Like, um, well, I'm currently using XSplit right now to chroma key my background. And there's like StreamYard, I think you, you might be referring to. But we do uh, things uh, that require a little bit more heavy lifting than what those um that that software provides to us and that's why we need the tricaster oh but, but um, Sheila, he said telecaster so maybe he's saying me and you should be dropped <laughs> telecaster you know i could use i could use the break i could i could use the break <laughs> think about the last time you didn't see me at the company that would be the last time i had a day off which is <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Exactly. But we're not complaining, are we, Sheila? I'm not complaining. I love it. And okay. even when I'm like, I'm going to take time off work, I'm like, oh, I'll just watch this video to make sure we don't burn the company down with that one. And I, <laughs> like, I just, I can't. I, I feel like the work that we do is too important to step away from. And yeah. I do appreciate the flexibility that I can work from home or wherever because we're on the internet, which is perfectly fine. Um, let's um, let's get to the last one. Okay. Uh, Hyper chat from History Club World who says some comments on the UN story. First, we shouldn't be worried that the UN is, shouldn't we be worried that the UN is needing more armored trucks? Um, maybe, I, I mean, they need to look like they're doing something when they're watching the Syrian civil war from the safety of Israel, um, yeah. <laughs> which David and I saw firsthand. And then it was like, the clock struck four and they quit. They just like, okay, well, the Civil War just works on bankers' hours. They walked down, got in their van, and left. Yeah, we, we saw vehicles of that type in Israel when we went there, didn't we, Sheila, in 2018? And uh, believe me, folks, the uh, what the Israelis call the United Nations, the UN doesn't stand for United Nations. It stands for United Nothings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the UN, they 
bring forward all these motions about how horrible Israel is and how it's <laughs> violating human rights. And then it's like, but where where's the safe place for you to monitor <laughs> yeah. the Syrian civil war? Oh, the top of the Golan Heights, you That's know, in right. Israel. OK, right. Gotcha. Unbelievable. And they, they just monitor the Syrian civil war. They're not actually doing something about no. it, by the way. <laughs> uh, second, I would pay to see either Sheila or David in an armored car. I would love to drive an armored car. But boy, no, it's not I'm electric, thinking, David. It's not what, electric. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's true. But, you know, I'm thinking what a blind spot there must be in those puppies, eh, Sheila? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, right? <laughs> like, it's just like a slit. Yeah. Um, How do you parallel park downtown driving? <laughs> I think you park wherever you want in one of those. Like You don't have to worry about parallel parking. I've only ever parallel parked once in my life, and it was to pass my driver's <laughs> test, by the way. Um, and I think that's all I've ever needed it for, so okay. it's fine. And I'm a good driver. I just can't parallel park. Um, and finally, do you think the UN will be ended anytime soon? Definitely not. Um, especially with the Biden administration re-entering, you know, the World Health Organization and other things that Trump was willing to pull the U.S. out of and cut funding to, Biden's just topping them back up and then some. So I, I think that with Biden in power, you'll never see uh, a course correction on the United Nations no. at all. It is a utopia for bureaucrats, Sheila, let's face it. And the number one job of any bureaucracy is to grow the bureaucracy so no no end in sight anytime soon well um folks thank you we got so one more we got oh, one more one, one more, more just Sorry. came in i i know you have to use the studio in a minute but let's just <laughs> finish this up we've got a hyper chat from wendy walk who said you can still report the facts even with the bias yeah i think as long as you know exactly where i'm coming from um and you understand my worldview then um i'm just being honest and you can also make up your own mind um, and now we're done. Okay, then. Well, thank you so much, Sheila, and thank you to Justin Behind the Board, and a special thank you to all of you who contributed and uh, threw in a few bucks for us to keep the lights on. Greatly appreciate that. Ezra will be back in this seat at this time tomorrow. No, he won't be. I've just no, been No, he's traveling. This just in, because I believe he's on assignment. Yeah. So um, Sheila and I will definitely be seeing you on Tuesday, no, maybe seeing you again tomorrow. In the nope, meantime, not me. I'm not there tomorrow. I'm sane. not there tomorrow. <laughs>